welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. Uh, Today, I'm continuing the Calm Leadership series. We're on accountability. And what we're going to talk about today is how, through engaging with your people, the people in your team, you can create accountability one-to-one. Now, what's the definition of accountability? Well, it's acceptance of responsibility towards yourself and others. And the thing about accountability is that it takes and creates trust. So you you rely on other people to be responsible for for what they're expected uh, to do. And uh, people trust you uh, to do the things that you say you're going to do. So uh, making this kind of dream of of people taking accountability, taking ownership, making things happen a reality is about creating that trust. And you create trust through connection and through a conversation. So in this episode, we're going to talk about that personal development review conversation. I'm not going to call it an appraisal. An appraisal sounds like somebody is being assessed sounds like somebody is being judged. Um, Sometimes that is what's happening, but that's not what this is about. This is about a conversation. It's about a two-way conversation with two people involved and really, yeah, okay, so there's an appraiser or a reviewer and there's a reviewee, but it's a 360-degree conversation. What do people want from work? What do people want from a job that's meaningful and purposeful? So people need four things. They need to understand what the mission of the organisation is. They need to understand what their part in fulfilling that mission is. The third thing that people need is that sense of achievement, that, that sense of results, that sense of recognition. And the fourth thing is to know that they are developing, they are growing, they are learning through being part of this mission, through fulfilling their role. So engaged people are more productive. Engaged people are more likely to give great service. In fact, there's a very, very strong correlation between customer satisfaction and what they call employee engagement. And um, people who are engaged, they're energised and driven to really take that ownership, take that accountability and make it their own. And a lot of this comes out of a great personal development review conversation. You know, putting that time in the diary to have meaningful dialogue with a focus on the individual, how they're values, how their strengths, how their preferences, and how their personal motivations align with the values, strengths, preferences, and motivations and goals 
of the organization or the team that you lead to be able to have a conversation about what they need to really move them forwards, to really drive their performance, to make improvements, and to build that motivation, build that engagement. It's got to be a two-way conversation, an opportunity to both give and receive feedback, and then make some commitments. So I guess there's five key components to a personal development review. And if you do this in your business, then I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, on how you structure your, your personal development reviews. Um, I'm a fan of doing this at least twice a year and then having monthly, normally, conversations between those times to keep track of progress and those commitments. So twice a year. I'm not a fan of linking it to to pay, linking the personal development review to pay, but I am a fan of linking the progression and the performance of people to how they are remunerated. So it doesn't center around this conversation for me, but out of this conversation, a plan about pay can come out of that. A plan about progression can come out of that. A plan about training can come out of that as well. So so that, yeah, so there's five key components. One is the preparation. So you as the uh, person uh, being reviewed in the personal development review, uh, your preparation is key. And you as the reviewer is key as well. So prepare for the conversation. The second component is great questions. And we'll go through some examples as we just run through the third uh, essential component which is the agenda, and I'll outline that in a second. And then the fourth key component is a contract, and the fifth one is a follow-up. So I will explain what that means. I just made the fifth one up, so I'm just going to write that down so that I remember to describe why that is so important at the end. So there's your five key components. Number one, preparation. Number two, great questions. Number three, a clear agenda. Number four, a contract, something that you agree. Um, and a contract, by the way, is often a two-way thing uh, and it uh, should always be a two-way thing. You know, you give something, you get something back. So it's a contract. Number five is the follow-up. So they're the key components of a great personal development review, not an appraisal, <laughs> a personal development review. So let's go through the agenda then. The agenda. So I've got seven items on the agenda of this personal development review. So on the run-up to that, you share the agenda with, with the person whose review it is. And if you focus on people's strengths and give them the environment where they can improve on those strengths and use them more, you can increase engagement by up to six times. And also increase productivity for that person by approaching 10%. Now, I've seen estimates of 7%, and I've seen estimates of uh, more than 20%. So it kind of depends on where you're starting from. But 
it's a really, really valuable conversation. So preparing for it is vital. And you can use this agenda to give you some bullet points uh, in order to prepare. You need to give the person who is, well, being reviewed and the person who's doing the reviewing um, at least a week uh, to be able to prepare. Give time to do the preparation. Give time to do some reflection and and provide some notes up front about what it is you're going to be talking about to be able to really, again, ensure that the individual whose, whose PDR it is is really able to take accountability for their own development and really own it. So item number one on the agenda is engagement. Now, engagement's a great place to start. You know, really understanding the degree to which the person in your team is committed to their role uh, and also committed to your organization or to your team and your team's future. So this engagement thing is a uh, discussion around two key areas. One is how engaged is the person with their role? And a score out of five, so naught is not at all, five is massively, um, and um, that's the first one. And then how engaged are they with the organisation, with your business, um, or your business units, depending on what makes more sense for you? You know, And what's the alignment with uh, the organisation, the mission of the organisation, and the... Um, the direction that that organization is going in. So again, a score out of five. So you get an engagement score out of 10 when you add those two together. So um, understanding this is key. It helps you to focus on what is needed to really improve happiness, improve performance, and improve ownership and accountability. And in order to really get a clear understanding of how engaged somebody is with their role, here are some questions that you can ask them. So they can give you a number. That's cool. Okay, so what's the reason you gave uh, it a score of, say, four out of five? And then follow-on questions you can ask are, okay, so um, how satisfied are you in your current role? What do you enjoy most about your current role? Uh, and you can you can ask them about um, any uh, clarif clarification questions. Very complicated word. It's clarification to say um, about do, you know. Do they understand what's expected of them? How much do they uh, receive recognition and? Uh, Improvement suggestions about how they can how they can take things forward and do things differently. Uh, to what extent do they have the the training and the the time and the resources to be able to do a brilliant job? Uh, what opportunities are they given to learn and to grow professionally and personally? And what opportunities would they like? How often is their uh, performance in their role discussed? and their progress. And another great question is, what else do you need to be brilliant in your job? 
So that's sort of questions you can ask to find out and to really have a good conversation about how engaged somebody is with their role. And then from the point of view of the organization, again, you can ask for a score and um, then you can ask questions uh, to follow on again from that to say, okay, so, um, so how do you describe the purpose of our organization, of our team? Um, what's the impact that we make in the world today and we are going to make in the future? Um, how integrated into the team do you feel? What can be done to, um, to get you more involved? How inclusive is the environment in which you work? In what way do you feel your work is impacting on the overall success of the business or organisation? And to what extent do you feel cared for? What evidence do you see that the business is looking out for you? What evidence would you like to see? So that's engagement. The key two questions really about engagement, you get a score out of 10. And then you can take that score and then you can say, okay, so say you've got an average score of a nine. Um, what would be the one thing that we could do to increase your score from a nine to a 10? Um, what actions can you take to change this? What support do you feel you need to take those actions? Is there anything that you could have done before now to give you a higher score now than the one that you've got? What needs to happen now to improve your engagement score? If this isn't the first time that they've done, done this and that you've been through this process with them, you could say, um, okay, so if your score has changed since the last conversation, what's different? What's, what's happened, either for better or for, for worse? And if, if the score hasn't changed, then you could say, say, okay, so what's the reason why the score hasn't changed? I mean, these are pretty obvious questions in a way, but, but having good open questions just gets you into that conversation. And you care, right, because you're a great leader. They care, right, because they're a great person. So how can you bring that, that care and concern into a great conversation that helps you to build your understanding of each other and your relationship? Ask them questions like, what motivates you at work? And are you getting what you need? What are their strengths? And how often do you get a chance to use them? So what are your strengths and how often do you get a chance to use them? How can you help others you know, using your strengths to mentor other people in the team? And what commitment and actions are you going to take to maintain or improve? And then what can I do to help you? And this leads on to the, um, the bonus, extra bonus part of the engagement section of the agenda, which is ask them to give you a score out of 10 for your leadership skills. Now, the Institute of Customer Service uh, did a massive survey on customer satisfaction 
and what drives uh, customer satisfaction and when what the outputs of really high customer satisfaction are for businesses. So you're asking customers these questions. And the difference between an 8 out of 10 and a 9 out of 10 for customer satisfaction is massive. So if you score an organization 9 out of 10, then you are going to be 46% more likely to trust them. You're going to be 33, I think it is, percent, I need a fact checker, uh, more likely to recommend them and 36% more likely to remain a customer. So if you think about your people in your team, they're people. Customers are people, they're not aliens, <laughs> they're people. So is it possible that if you're 46% more likely to trust a company you buy services from if you score them nine as opposed to if you score them eight? Is it possible that if you score your boss or your manager or your leader nine out of 10, you might also be 46% more likely to trust them. You might also be 33% more likely to recommend them and 36% more likely to remain part of the team. Now, as a leader, surely you want to be scoring nine or 10 out of, nine or 10, out of 10 for customer satisfaction, i.e. your people in your team are your customers, you are there to serve them, to boost your trust, to boost your chances of retaining them in your team, and to boost the chances of them recommending you as an employer, an organisation, a great place to work, whether they're working for you or not. So ask them. Ask them to score you out of 10. And again, you can use all those same sort of questions as you've done with their engagement about you. Now, this takes courage, right? This takes a bit of bravery. Sometimes we, we might think we don't want to get into this conversation because we might find out stuff that we're not doing very well. Well, great leaders want to improve. Great leaders always have something that they are working on. Great leaders are always reflecting on their performance as a leader and striving to improve. So get some feedback from your team. It's a fantastic opportunity. So ask for people to score you out of 10. Ask open questions to understand why. Make sure you get to an answer that you believe. Don't let them score you 10 and just accept it. Give yourself a pat on the back. Ask for some real feedback. As leaders, we succeed if we are trusted and if we've got a strong reputation with our people. And flip that the other round, the other way round. We fail if we're not trusted. So really get a great answer to that. Right, so that's the first part of the agenda, engagement. The second bit is values or behaviours. So what values do you have on the wall of your reception area, your lobby, your atrium in your organisation? And how do they play into the way you actually behave? So this is important because you're getting to know the person, you're getting to know 
the way the person interprets the values of the organization or the stated behaviors of the organization and really lives those. So, so you might have five values. You might have teamwork. You might have um, integrity. You might have um, uh, we find a better way. You might have um, what's another one? Well, I don't know why I'm asking because this is a, unfortunately this is one way, not not two way. But this this is the point where I'd say raise your hand if you've got a values in your business and to share the kind of thing that they are. Uh, but unfortunately, this is not an interactive. Uh, a, a thing other than hopefully you're writing things down um, and I'm going to put them into action. Uh, you might have, um, we put our customers first as a value. You might have, um, we um, uh, uh, innovate to create a better world. You might have those kind of things as your values. So for each of your values, have a conversation about how the individual is living them consistently and in each day. Think about examples that you've observed, part of your preparation, over the preceding weeks and months, and be ready to highlight those sort of strengths and potentially those examples where you're seeing behaviours that are perhaps contrary to those, those values. Talk about those examples um, and identify where things could be improved. What you could do is you could, um, rather than giving a score out of 10, you could rate this from the point of view of rarely demonstrates the value, sometimes demonstrates the value, nearly always demonstrates the value. Because what you're looking for is human beings, right? And human beings aren't robots. Uh, we all get totes emotion at times. That's um, totally emotional, uh, if you're not down with that sort of parlance. And so, you know, sometimes we, we're not necessarily bang on the values, even if we actually really believe them and live them and feel them. And you can hear me pounding my chest in a visceral way about values. But the important thing is we get the opportunity to call in the really good examples, the behavior that we see that really calls in those values and also we have to call out when we see behavior that is not congruent with those values so have a conversation about that have a conversation about what help they might need to take a sometimes demonstrates to a nearly always demonstrates and by the way if you've got somebody who rarely demonstrates a value you've got to ask yourself are these people in alignment with the organization. And if you get that on a couple of consecutive conversations, you might have a difficult conversation about the fact that they might not be suited to your business. It really helps to have an open and frank conversation about fit. And this is not about fitting in. Um, this is about making sure that there's that alignment there. People, we want people to bring them, 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 their whole selves, that's the phrase, uh, to work. And we don't want to shoehorn people into a, into a certain mould if it's not right for them. But the reality is, if it isn't right for them, then they might actually be better and happier and more productive 
and more successful and healthier and happier and happier and healthier somewhere else. So this helps you to have that conversation. Two, values. That's the second thing on the agenda. Have a good old chat about that. And then the third thing on the agenda is performance in the role. So look, I've been talking for 20 odd minutes now, and we've just got to performance in the role. So that goes to show it's not an appraisal. You know, it's about personal development. It's personal. It's about the individual. But finally, we're on to the role. And there are three key questions here. The first question is, do they understand their role? Uh, the second key question is, are they engaged with the role for high performance? And the third key question is, do they have the capacity to deliver? And the answers are not rarely, sometimes, and nearly always. The answers to this question are, yes, they are, or not yet. Now, the reason it's yes and not yet is because this is a conversation. So if it was yes and no, no might feel a bit like never. They're never going to understand the role. But not yet means that there's something to work on. So they understand the role. They understand yeah, the practicalities of the job, the accountabilities, which is what we're talking about, the key result areas, the metrics, the behavior expectations. But they also understand the role significance, you know, where it fits in, what the expectations are, the big picture, the potential in the role. So that's understanding the role and, you know, the role in looking after the customer. How engaged they are for high performance, yes or not yet. So this calls on a little bit of what we talked about in the engagement uh, spot, but also gets into things like level of drive, level of motivation, level of passion, level of ownership energy, resilience, how present they are, how focused they are, how connected they are with what the business is trying to achieve and with what the role is in the context of that. And also how engaged they are with their team members. And then capacity, uh, this is a bit about their skill and their, okay, maybe some of their innate abilities, but some of their learned abilities as well their ability to learn, how they deliver on expectations. It's also a bit about the time. So is there enough time for them to do their role fully? And if there isn't, if it's a not yet on that, what's the reason for that? Is that a skills thing? Or is it just because there's too much work? You get to have that conversation. And so and when you got to this point in the agenda, you've had a really, really good conversation about the level of engagement with the role, level of engagement with the business, your performance out of 10. You've had a good conversation about values and behaviours in the organisation and how they exhibit and demonstrate those. You've then talked about the role in performance and their understanding of it, their engagement with it, and the, their capacity to to, to do the do the job, and that's yes or not yet. And then the fourth thing then to talk about is, okay, number four on the agenda, what are their career aspirations? And this is about taking them into the future. So you've talked about their motivations, you've talked about uh, their engagement and their drivers, and so now you're in the right place to talk about their career. So what would they like to be doing in two or three years? And if they 
say promotion, ask them what that means. If they say they want a different role, ask them what that means. If they want to get better at the role that they're doing, okay, ask them how. And where does this fit into their overall goal for their lives? Okay, so uh, where do you see yourself in five to ten years' time? Now, these, inter these interview-type-style questions can be quite irritating in interviews because you're bound to say something very um, focused on giving the right answer to get the job, and in most circumstances. But when you're actually employed on a team, it's really important to put some detail into your answer to this question. And it's really important to ask it because you want to know where your people want to get to in life. And also, don't make this just about the career. Make this about their lives. So what are their life aspirations? What are they willing to do to achieve their life goals, their career goals? Where are they now? And what's the gap between where they are now and where they want to get to? And then what is needed to help them to bridge that gap? What projects could they get involved in? What training could they have? What self-learning are they doing? What coaching do they need? Ask yourself the question, is their aspiration realistic? And be honest with people about that. What would they need to do? Paint a picture of what they would need to do to get to where they want to get to. And then ask them again how long they think it would take to get them there. And you can have a conversation about beliefs here as well. You know, maybe you're talking to somebody who has got self-limiting beliefs and therefore is capable of a lot, but they're keeping their future horizons very, very narrow. Maybe there's sideways moves that people could be interested in. Maybe there's other um, roles in the business that could help them to develop these skills, to, to really pull themselves in a direction they want to be in. Because you're investing in them in this conversation. You're investing, firstly, your interest in this other human being who's got dreams, who's got hopes, who's got expectations for their lives. Just because they come to work doesn't necessarily mean you just talk about work because it doesn't happen in the bubble. So, you know, if someone's got big aspirations, then talking about what the impact might be on their lives and asking them how prepared they are for that can be really, really helpful for people. And, you know, flip that the other way. If somebody has got big life stuff going on right now, understanding that their aspiration might just simply be to, to, to be a good mother, to be a good father, to, to look after a relative or a friend. And at the moment, that's as far as I can see is the aspiration for my life. Understanding that in your people can really, really help you to um, to, to, to not so much be a friend, but to, to be a genuine part of their mechanism for navigating their way through life, a trusted partner as they go through this difficult period. So this career discussion and life discussion is a really great way of getting to know your people, their drivers, their dreams. And if you can take the opportunity to talk about this sort of stuff, not just in the context of your organisation, but in the context of how um, people can develop and grow 
outside of the work environment, then that can really open things up. <coughs> Excuse me. So <clears throat> that's number four, aspirations. Number five is development. So now you've gone through the previous four items on the agenda. Now is the time to talk about training because you've got something to anchor it to. In a way, it's a bit pointless to talk about uh, what training do you need right at the top of the conversation. You might have, you might come out with the same answer, but at least you'll know why it is and what the personal and commercial case for doing this training is. So this is about what development requirements this person has uh, to be successful in their role. And, you know, you can talk about development, on-the-job training, experiential stuff like, um, like project work, stuff they could do outside of work that you could support them with, perhaps with some time or some flexibility, qualifications on or off the job. It's important to help people who say, I want a course on Excel to really understand why. It's important that people who say, I want some leadership training, I want some technical training to really understand why, so that they really understand why. So ask them good questions to help them to really articulate the why they want this training and development. And they're a participant in it then, right? So what's going to be different after this piece of training or this development activity? How will this support you in your role? What will success look like? What support do you need from me or from other people in the team to make this training a success? How do you like to learn? Online, face-to-face, -face, doing, reading? And when do you want to achieve this by? So that's training and development. Key thing about this to remember is that, again, this whole conversation is all about that individual. So they need to own it. So you might agree it, but they need to own it, drive it, and make it happen. Okay, then, number six on the agenda is the objectives section. And this is about agreeing the focus for, in my example, would be for the next six months. Because in, in my view, having these conversations twice a year is key. So what's the objective between now and the next PDR, the next personal development review? So you want to keep the number of objectives low. I'd keep it below five, so between three and seven. So they can really focus on the key objectives, projects or activities that are important to achieve both for their personal development and for the business, the team, in that period. So make them smart or smart test. Listen to the previous episode for that. Make them exciting, scary, and transformative or transformational, as well as uh, the classic SMART objectives. You could also draw out some behavioral or values-driven objectives from the values discussions. You could also draw out some uh, objectives to do with the role, whether it's about their understanding of the role, the market, maybe it's about the uh, level of engagement with it, or maybe it's about their capacity, so a particular skill they need to learn. There could be a coaching objective here. So if they've said they want some training and development, 
okay, maybe you could talk about it. So what's the, what's the objective for this piece of coaching that you've asked for? And then you're into step seven, which is to contract. So the commitments section, which is where you write your contract down. So um, if you're having a two-way conversation with, with somebody and you've gone through their engagement, their values, the performance and the role, so you're looking at whether they're the right person in the right role, uh, their aspirations, their development and training needs and their objectives, now is the time to commit. And you commit through a contract, which is about writing down what it is they're going to do differently as a result of this conversation, and then writing down what you're going to do differently as a result of this conversation as well. So those three to seven objectives, some of which may touch those previous parts of the agenda. And then objectives for you to improve your nine out of 10 score as a leader and for what you're going to do to support them. So there you have it. That's a PDR. That's to create accountability in your business, a personal development review, not an appraisal. And if you can have these discussions twice a year and then follow them up with monthly discussions between times, then you can have engaged, focused, excited, productive, driven people in your team who are empowered to express themselves, to give and receive feedback, and to be creative and innovative. And really, really take your organisation forwards. And if you don't have conversations like this, then effectively you're leaving it to chance. And that risk of you as a leader only scoring 8 out of 10 and the increase in possibility that people will therefore leave, people will therefore be less likely to recommend you, and people will be less likely to trust you if you're not having these conversations. And as a leader, to create accountability, you're thriving on that creation of trust, create creation of an environment where others can be successful in fulfillment of the goals. And if you can have these conversations and they're really about the individual, you can set that platform for accountability in your business. All the other mechanics we've spoken about really come to life in this one-to-one -one relationship with that individual. And on that platform of accountability, you can build progress and you can grow, have more impact. And as the old African proverb says, if you want to go far, go together so you can take your people with you. I hope that's helpful. Enjoy your next PDR, prepare well, follow the steps and have brilliant conversations with your people. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.